Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward, joined by Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook for today's Buyers Auto Practice Report. Uh, it was the Rushman, the Ohio State defensive line, uh, taking their turn, updating uh, the progress of the Buckeyes, a re revamped, retooled unit. Um, Larry Johnson and then six different Ohio State defensive linemen, uh, probably the busiest press conference session that we've had. So there was a lot to learn. Uh, and that means that it's a big ask, Burn, for you to ask what your number one takeaway was. Uh, it, that we know because, I, you know, recru recruiting is recruiting, and you know how well Ohio State recruits. So you know you have a lot of really talented guys on this defensive line. And a lot of them have even played a lot of football. But we still are, are not sure who's really going to emerge and be like the, the dude in that group. And somebody or one or two guys is going to have to do that. And uh, I, I tend to think Zach Harrison is going to be one of them. Uh, I know that the common thread and belief is that Tyreek Smith is in a position to be the other. Um, but, you know, then you have the Jonathan Coopers that you know are just going to be solid and steady. But somebody's going to have to step up and really emerge as, like, the guy. And I, I think that that's the thing. Like, I don't know if, if we have any real idea who that's going to be. This, this would almost sound like, you know, it's not the comparison maybe that, that Jonathan Cooper would want. But if he becomes the veteran Jalen Holmes presence for this – this unit and a healthy that means that there's a healthy Tyreek Smith out there being the guy that you know Chase Young has talked about taking the torch and being the next first round pick that's a good thing you know this it was brought up that 2017 when there's four different guys rotating through who all became NFL defensive ends you know Larry Johnson's talking about rotating five here when you throw yeah. in Javante John Baptiste and Tyler Friday so you know there's no there's no shame in that of course but uh, the way that the way that other defensive linemen, Spencer, talk about Tyreek Smith, it's like that was the same way that they talked about Chase Young or Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa. And I am not suggesting that he's going to be at the same caliber of those three guys, top five draft picks. But since the moment he arrived, everyone has talked about him being the next first-round pick for this class, um, and he just hasn't had a chance to show that yet. The key for him is injuries, right? He, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And, and if he can stay healthy, he can take the, the, the leap that he needs to take. But until then, you don't really know what to think of him because he's a guy with a lot of potential, and it kind of stops there. He's only got, I think, three and a half career sacks, three career sacks. They all came last year. And when he got that first sack, it's like, oh, that's Tyreek Smith's first sack of his career. Like, wow, really? But there's so much potential there. So if he just stays healthy, he can finally put it all together. That's the biggest thing. It's not a matter of if he can do it. We've had questions about guys before. Can they do it? Can they live up to what they need to do? He can. It's just a matter of whether he can stay on the field. And that's a little bit out of his control. So it, you kind of hate to see it from him because it is out of his control. But he just got to stay healthy, stay on the field. Yeah, I don't want to um... – I want to jump in real quick because I, I know this happened within the running back conversation we had on Tuesday. People assume or, or take a comment and saying Jonathan Cooper is going to be the solid steady guy and think that that's a knock on Jonathan Cooper. And it's definitely not like, but there is a, a hierarchy. There is a, a totem pole of, of talent and Jonathan Cooper is a hardworking leader, but he is not going to be a guy in the same breath as Zach Harrison or Tyreek Smith when it comes to his, long-term upside I mean not that Tyreek Smith is an Aiden Hutchinson you know what I mean but uh that's a, it's a deep fake joke if you got that one out there you'll get it if you don't you won't and that's okay but 
the, the point is people to find that answer. I don't, I do. Uh, yeah. If whatever, go to the social medias and find that out yourselves. Um, but the truth is this team and guys like Cooper, Tyler Friday, uh, who I think Tyler Friday and Jonathan Cooper are sort of similar in that way. Like those are guys that are going to be players. They're going to make plays. They're going to be consistent. And then you have some of the other guys that, the upside and the flash potential is just a little bit higher. And I think that um, what I was saying at the start of this is that one of those guys, one of those flash potential guys has to hit that potential. And I don't know uh, which guy it's going to be, but if this defensive line is going to be as we've grown accustomed to at Ohio state, it has to be one of those guys. Well, I think that any, any conversation about this and especially with Jonathan Cooper, it goes without saying how important his leadership is and that no one, in that room is going to look anywhere other than to Jonathan Cooper that, you know, Ohio state again, uh, you know, just having him back, but they shared a video of, of his fiery speeches over the last couple of years. And, and nobody has been any better at that than Jonathan Cooper. He is the embodiment of what, you know, Larry Johnson wants in that room. Yeah. He wants uh, high upside top five draft picks and he's had a bunch of them, but you also can't have a successful overall unit. And you heard everybody that talked, you know, for the Rushman today talking about they, they're going to be part of another rotation again. They're going to have to share snaps. They know that they're going to play 35 to 40 snaps a game uh, and not be pushing it to 60. So you can't, you can't build one of the best defensive lines in the country just by hoping that you can magically have nothing but top five draft picks. Those are exceedingly rare. Uh, but you can also have you – know, Jalen Holmes is still in the league and making sacks and, and making plays for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Sam Hubbard wasn't really – you know, starting for that team. And, and I could keep naming some others who played that role. Um, you know, Jonathan Cooper doesn't need us to defend him, but we're not, we're also not uh, downplaying his significance to this group. If you look at every great Ohio state roster in the last 10 years or so, they've all got a guy like that. You know, there was a John Simon, Chase Young was that guy last year, but also Jonathan Cooper played a huge role in that last year too. Every roster that Ohio state's had success with has been, has had that kind of guy. And Jonathan Cooper is going to be that guy this year. It's, it's probably the most important role on that defensive line. And, and that role comes not even on the field. So, so to have it, to have Coop back is just a huge, huge addition to this defensive line without even really mentioning what he does on the field. Yeah. And I think that anybody who has followed our coverage for a while knows how much respect I have for Jalen Holmes. Anyway, uh, Cooper doesn't have necessarily the pterodactyl arms, but uh, he makes up for it with, with a lot more, uh, even more passion than Jalen. He's Hunter. got a brontosaurus heart. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means, but me neither. But maybe it fits. I assume that it's big. Um, that, but I don't know if. Do you want a big heart, enlarged heart? I don't know why you made if me. You're a brontosaurus. I think you do. I mean, I don't know. All right. Well, Admittedly, my knowledge of brontosaurus uh, anatomy is not what it could be. That's true. That's probably enough brontosauri conversation. Um, when we're looking now at I've written about this a couple of times. We've talked about it a bunch with the defensive tackle position and what Ohio state is going to do uh, with the three technique. Um, if Teron Vincent's uh, shoulder arm injury lingers, which Larry Johnson uh, suggested today that he, they were just easing him back uh, from missing all this time. And he hasn't, he hasn't hit anyone in what two years now, uh, or at least since he got, whenever that injury actually occurred last year that led to it, he's not played football in a very long time. He certainly not played meaningful snaps, live snaps. Uh, Haskell Garrett, they're taking it slow as you should with a gunshot wound. 
uh, he's not limited and fully cleared by the doctors yet. I mean, that's a mouthful. It's crazy that we're saying that, yeah. but um, that's the situation. So, you know, I give Larry Johnson the benefit of the doubt in all circumstances, but when you look at this group, I think that there are legitimate questions about just how he's going to maximize the talent on hand. And you guys know how I feel, and Spencer has written about this as well, that Tyler Friday would be a good option at three technique. I think we're probably going to see him in there at times this year. But other than that, Antoine Jackson's got to step up in that role. Uh, maybe, maybe him first and foremost, and then a couple young guys, Berm, that you know a lot more about these freshmen that are already turning heads. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want people to forget about Jaron Cage either, who didn't really get talked about uh, in today's press conference. But, but as a guy that's been, you know, entering his fourth year in the program, this is sort of the year when Larry Johnson has that guy that just pops up out of nowhere uh, that's been in the program and, and been in the weight room with, with Mick Marotti for, for four years. So don't exclude Jaron Cage, but obviously Antoine Jackson was a highly recruited guy when he committed uh, to Ohio State back in 2015 and then flipped to Auburn, and even though that was never public, and then went to JUCO and then came back to Ohio State. So you expect things out of him. I thought it was interesting that Larry Johnson made a point today to talk about the fact that he's a guy that can play the one-tech or the three-tech um, and that that's helpful for the Buckeyes in a, in a way because they need flexibility in there. And then you have Tommy Togiai, who I think you can sort of uh, put in pen that he's going to be a guy that's out there all the time, and then you just have to figure out what you do around him. I think there's some real pass, I think there's some real pass rush potential, potential on that inside. Tommy Togiai is a guy who, as strong as he is, he's just as agile. Every time somebody brings up his strength, the agility is, is right there. So they make sure to bring up the agility. If you need a guy to replace Devon Hamilton, that's the guy because he's got to be able to rush the passer. I asked Larry Johnson about that, and I asked Tommy Togia about that. How hard is it to, to come after Devon? And Devon had eight sacks, seven and a half, eight sacks last year. You've got to have a passer from the inside. The three-tech is just as important. Tyler Friday kind of outed Larry Johnson there, said, yeah, we've got some stuff coming. Uh, but, but that inside is, is, like you guys said, it's super intriguing. You've got to have guys step up. And, it, and I agree, Berm, it might come from, from somewhere we're not really paying attention to right now. Well, the other guy that I think we're, you know, maybe we're glossing over is the other Hamilton, and that's Ty Hamilton. Because, again, I mean, we try not to read too much into what coaches say in these sort of interview sessions because in a lot of ways they are being poked and prodded to talk about every single player on the roster. But when a coach brings up a guy um, on his own, uh, it, it is sort of like a, the ears go up a little bit like, oh, okay. And, he, I mean, he made it a point to mention that Ty Hamilton has added 25 pounds since he got to campus, which, uh, you know, the first time I saw Ty was really last January, and he was like 235 pounds, and now he's 285. And if he's able to do that and, and retain his quickness and the things that made him a player that Larry Johnson really liked, now you're talking about a guy who is a, is a capable defensive tackle at Ohio State. And um, obviously he has the, the family lineage. He's got years of working with Larry Johnson that I think is a major advantage, as we've talked about before. And so you just don't know who it's going to be. I think it makes sense, as Austin has alluded to and Spencer's alluded to over and over. Like Tyler Friday is a guy physically that will be moved into that spot when they're looking at like the Rushman package and, and trying to get their best pass rushers on the field. My understanding with Ty Hamilton, who uh, is one of the first guys on the roster now to get a black stripe off and jump, you know, that, that is not always the, the surest sign of how quickly somebody can contribute. But 
um, that would certainly put him on a track that is faster than Devon. And I remember you know, talking to you about his, his recruitment and that, you know, maybe Ty Hamilton, he was a different player that maybe there was a possibility he could wind up some on the edge with the, with the idea that at, at some point he was probably going to be a three technique or could go down to nose and finish his career the same way Devon did. But does it surprise you at all that they're maybe skipping that step and putting him right in the middle? Cause it's hard to play as a true freshman on the interior. No, it's surprising only because I was expecting him to still be 260 pounds. Um, you know, as a guy who's six, three and a half, six, four at 260, then you're thinking he's a guy that could play uh, the three and the five. But now if he's already at 285 and he's still, you know, Devon, we saw a player that was uh, Devon Hamilton is a big, big dude. I mean, Ty, uh, we didn't see that side of him and I wasn't sure that his body would get there, but if he can keep adding on and getting bigger, I don't know if he's going to get taller still. If he ends up in that six, five range like Devon, I mean, I'm not surprised at all. I, I, I think maybe I, I've underemphasized how important it is that he's had four years of already learning from Larry Johnson. And that that's, you know, whether it's by a proxy uh, because of his brother or in direct conversation with Larry that he maybe was able to have more conversations than other recruits because of the family ties and because there are loopholes that are involved there. Like defensive tackle at Ohio State, you got to know the position. you got to know football. And I think maybe that that's an advantage he has over the others. Darian Henry Young, who got talked about today by a few guys, and then Jacoby Collin, who was sort of not talked about at all. Uh, I think that, that that learning curve changes dr- drastically when you're talking about a person who's had a ton of time with Larry Johnson. And to, to, to add on to guys who were brought up without really being asked about, I heard the name Jaden McKenzie more today than I had all year last year. And that, that can't mean, you know, nothing. That has to mean something. I mean, that guy is a guy who's kind of got lost in the shuffle with all of these guys that were talking about replacing the, the interior defensive line guys they lost from last year. If you want to talk about a guy who could come out of nowhere, like you said, Berm, that, that could make an impact, Jaden McKenzie's got to be right up there. I, I really liked what I saw from his high school film uh, right when he came to campus. So, you know, that could be another guy that, that they work in there and he could surprise some people. Jaden's a guy, sorry, Austin. Uh, Jaden's a guy that Ohio State really liked coming out of high school, but nobody really knew and it wasn't a conversation that it was a serious thing until he showed up for an official visit and then committed two weeks later. Like, he was a guy Larry Johnson was very, very high on. And he has that frame, that 6'5", 295, 298-pound frame that you're like, oh, we can plug that in pretty easily. I think, you know, you rattled off a lot of the reasons right there where Larry Johnson doesn't just haphazardly spin the wheel uh, and then take these recruits. So he doesn't, if he doesn't believe that they can fit into his system or that he can maximize their potential, they wouldn't be uh, in that meeting room with him. So when you're talking about uh, doubting if anyone is doing that, the Rushman, I won't be countered in that. It's been a delicate dance to say to say it correctly. There is uncertainty and inexperience with some of these guys, but um, you also have one of the most respected defensive line coaches in, in college football history uh, working with the, these guys, and you have to assume at some point that he's going to come up with a plan. It's just fascinating to me to try and figure out what exactly that is because, you know, does Antoine Jackson look to me like um, – Draymond Jones or Jay Sean Cornell last year? No, he doesn't if he's playing three. And he's somebody that you know, Larry's talking about playing in one or three. And versatility and, and maybe Tommy Togiai, he's probably only going to be at one, but he's also got a frame and athleticism that Spencer's talked about that 
you know, I don't, I don't view him as not being able to interchange the same way that Antoine Jackson did. This year just might be a situation that is more of a test for Larry Johnson in terms of, you know, there's not a Chase Young, there's not a Bosa. You know, he's got really good defensive ends and he's got some young talent at defensive tackle, but it's more of a lunch pail, no name, you know, whatever cliche you want to plug in here where the, the position coach is arguably more important than his top talent. It's so funny, though, because Zach Harrison was a top five prospect coming out of high school. Well, but next year that's – Jonathan, Jonathan Cooper Jonathan Cooper was a five-star prospect coming out of high school. Tyreek Smith was a top 40 player coming out of high school. I mean, these are guys that are, like, dudes. Yeah. And, and, and I think – I don't know if it's because, like, we had a sort of bird's-eye view of Zach Harrison in high school, and you knew that it was, like, potential but not production – Whereas Chase Young and the Bosa's, you were like, okay, once these guys get on campus, this is what they're going to be. And maybe we're waiting for Zach to take that step, but also he didn't have to before. Um, so I just think that, you know, we're talking about there, – there's names. There's certainly names. But I think that there are uh, realistic expectations on these guys as opposed to some of the fantastical things that we expected from – the Bosa's and Chase Young, which was expect like, okay, they're here three years. They're an all American. They're going to be a top three pick by like, you know what I mean? But even, but even to, to your point, I guess that we know that Cooper was a five-star. We know that Tyreek Smith, that people were talking about him being a first round pick and Zach Harrison, but even those guys now we've already alluded to it. Injuries for both Coop and Tyreek Smith. They haven't had a chance to establish household names. We know I wasn't suggesting that any of these guys don't have the ability to be first round picks you know, basically every position will have that, but they haven't, they're not a household national name. The three of us obviously know them well and what they can become, but the reputation for the Rushman this year, at least going into October 24th, that's coming from Larry Johnson and not specifically from, from, you know, even Zach Harrison uh, as productive as we think he might be. Yeah. Jonathan Coop has to be the king of fall. You know what I mean? That's what we know. The Coop has to be the, the new king of fall for Ohio State. Well said. Well said. Thank you. That seems like a great way to end the buyer's auto. Absolutely. Report. Yeah. <laughs> Berm, <laughs> Berm is obviously having a great week coming off of that birthday. Boy, I just, I just like talking about football, man. I just, I'm so glad that we're actually able to talk about football. Like, it doesn't it feel good? It feels great. And I thanks want, for watching us, everyone. I, <laughs> I'm glad that we are able to actually do buyer's auto practice reports. I just hope that at some point we can get off of Zoom and do these again in person. Uh, but that's a story for another day and probably another year. Uh, those are my guys, Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. This has been your latest and greatest Buyers Auto practice report. Stay with us for all your coverage of Ohio State football at LettermanRow.com. See ya.